happy holidays to my friend, Paul Vallis. Hi, Paul. Hi, how are you? Well, the question I am asking for the John Williams News Click, Steve Dale here for John Williams, uh, is this. How do you think Mayor Johnson is doing? And here are the choices. Considering the obstacles, he's doing great. He's done adequately. Not as good as I had hoped. I'm disappointed. He's in way over his head. Which is your choice? Oh, well, he's in way over his head. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm not surprised that is your answer. So let's take one topic at a time. Let's talk about the topic of the day, which is the migrant issue. Uh, He was uh, on a Zoom, I believe, on a national call. The press attended with two other mayors, uh, the mayor of New York City, the mayor of Denver. They both complimented Mayor Johnson. Uh, But we're talking about a huge issue here. I think it's 26,000 people that have entered Chicago and more than that in Denver and twice that in New York City. So it is not an easy fix. So what's your comment? Well, look, you know, my comments are this. Clearly, the city and his socialist leaders in the city council or really dominating city council have, have basically said that they... They don't want to see a limit on new migrants coming in. They want the federal government to come in and provide billions uh, so that they can subsidize them. So at the end of the day, you know, until you do something to control the influx of migrants, you're not going to address the problem. So, uh, you know, so the problem is they remain kind of a welcoming city. Uh, You see the rhetoric coming from uh, uh, the city council supporters about uh, uh, the migrant issue being a product of racist American foreign policy and we we uh, this is a new aggrieved minority that we who who we are obligated to uh, you know to uh, provide support for uh, and, and and when he talks about the uh, to the Biden administration he's not telling the Biden administration to secure the border so for that matter even pressing the Biden administration to get states like Texas uh, uh, to stop simply putting people on buses and sending them to certain designated blue cities and blue states and and cities and states that are so-called sanctuary cities and states, he, they're just simply asking for more money. So, you know, at the end of the day, until they recognize that that it's the numbers that are the big challenge, uh, you know, they're going to continue to um, not do what is absolutely necessary to really slow, slow the infusion of new migrants, and they're going to continue to come in. Let me point out that the, the, his, his allies in the city council have been criticizing Pritzker uh, for not doing enough and for not opening migrant shelters. But I think the state to date has already given about $500 million, spent about $500 million on on the migrants who have come to Chicago. Uh, not, uh, you know, and that, of course, uh, does not include another, well, I think by the end of the year, about $150 million that the city will spend. So clearly, they've really given them a blank state and local check and, they really see the federal solution as one of money and not one of limiting the number of migrants coming in. Okay, so uh, lots of questions based on what you just said. I mean, the root of the problem, uh, in my view, and I'll hear what you think in two seconds here, has nothing to do with Chicago, Denver, New York, or any other city. It's the fact that so many, a record number, I think, are coming into this country in the first place. Well, there's two problems. The first problem is the record number that are coming in. 
And if you look at, if you just Google and you go online, you know, you look at the the horror stories that are coming from people uh, who are responsible for protecting the borders about the numbers that are coming in that they're not even documenting. And there's been like a a ninefold increase in the number of individuals who are coming in the country uh, who they flag who are on like the watch list or individuals who they will simply not allow into the country. So clearly, you know, the, the open borders are having a disastrous impact. And let me tell you, it's just not the southern borders, but they're coming from the northern border, too, at the end of the day. Uh, the, you know, uh, immigration nationalization, the, the federal government is just not doing its job to protect the borders. That's right. number one. Right. Uh, Paul, uh, Paul, I, I want to interrupt you for a second because you said something that I did not know and has not been talked about. They're coming from the northern border, you said. They're coming in from Canada because it's too cold up there? I mean, who's coming uh, in from no, Canada? I, there's, just been, there's just been an infusion of migrants both on the southern border as well as on the northern border. You know, the problem here is there. Well, who's coming really, in? Really, who's coming in from the northern border? Oh, there's it's just not that there has been individuals coming uh, from China by way of Canada and sometimes even by way of Mexico. You know, so it's just not limited to an infusion of of uh, clearly the biggest infusion obviously is coming from Venezuela. That's probably been the biggest issue. But I think if you look uh, you know, if you look at the, and you go online and you look at the articles that have been come up, that have come out about the kind of the breakdown in the um, in, in our ability to kind of control our borders and the screen people coming in, uh, I think it's really been a general breakdown. And I think the Biden administration has has really failed in its responsibility to protect and to secure the borders. And look, I'm of the grandson of Greek American immigrants, and so you know, this is not uh, you know. The, this country has always really benefited from the great migrations. You know, it's helped revitalize the country. It's helped strengthen the country. But, but you've got to have a a system uh, that, in effect, protects the borders, that screens people, that manages the inflow uh, of individuals who are coming in. And I think you you've really seen a general breakdown. Let me point out that there's a second problem too. You simply can't allow governors to put people on buses. And to really violate interstate commerce by just sending people uh, uh, to designated areas. Now, they'll tell you in Texas that the, uh, individuals are coming to Chicago are selecting or deciding to come to Chicago, but they're transporting them to Chicago. And at the end of the day, you know, at, at some point, uh, you, know, the go- you, know, if, uh, you know, if you're going to have a governor, literally a single governor, transport, what, as many as 20,000 people uh, to your state and specifically, overwhelmingly, to a specific city, one would think at some point that the state would take action to try to restrict the inflow. Uh, and I'm talking about informing them that as buses are sent north, uh, people are going to be sent back south. Because it's not like they're coming in, they're letting us know that the migrants are coming in. You know, the bus drivers, now that they're being ticketed in Chicago, are uh, dropping people off in, in the suburbs. And That's then, right. Of course, and and the, and and airplanes are. I mean, the next thing we know, they'll be parachuting in, which is crazy. So I, I need to ask you some of these questions from listeners sure. that are texting in. Uh, one says, "Paul, why aren't you helping the mayor? You said you would do that." Oh, I did. I, you know, I volunteered to help the mayor, and in all of my op-ed pieces that I've done in Illinois policy and in the Chicago Tribune, I've offered specific recommendations. In fact, if you look. I've done two op-eds. The first one many months ago, before the things got things got significantly worse, and where I articulated 
a number of actions that the city and the state could take to kind of manage the influx of migrants. I also suggested that the city and the state stop making excuses about not being able to get people work permits because they're waiting on the federal government. On the one hand, the sanctuary city powers give us the power to basically tell the federal government we won't cooperate with you when it comes to, um, uh, you know, public safety, um, when it comes to cooperating with ICE when it comes to migrants because we're a sanctuary city. And then on the flip side, they're making excuses that they can't let these people work because they haven't been cleared by the federal government. So it's like either you're, you got the power to determine how, how to deal with the migrant issue or you don't. So simply, you know, removing the obstacles to allowing people to go out and work. There are thousands of these migrants who are ready to work. The That's hospitality right. Industry. I, and I think both, and the hospitality That's industry actually needs yes, them. Sir. We have a question for you from our newsroom from Kevin Wells. Hey, Paul, uh, nice to talk to you today. Uh, Kevin Wells here in the newsroom. I'm curious, should things have gone the other way, a hypothetical situation for you, if you're on the fifth floor of City Hall right now, specific, can you specifically point out what you would be doing differently to try and address this? Because it seems as though a lot of it is calling for more aid from the federal government, more communication. But would one person really be in charge of fixing all that in one full swoop? Yeah, well, what I would have done is I would have called a- Abbott and DeSantis and any other governor that's uh, uh, putting people on buses and trafficking, uh, trafficking them up to my city. And I Simply would have said that uh, uh, migrants who arrive by way of Texas uh, uh, without our approval, without uh, 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 advance notice, uh, will simply be put in the buses and sent back. Now, of course, you know, I would have been attacked and people would have criticized me in certain circles and saying that in, inhumane. Well, what's more inhumane, to send them up to Chicago in the winter or to keep them down in Texas where it's warm? At the end of the day, I think had you done that early on in the process, and then work out an arrangement so that you could take your fair share of migrants coming in. I mean, I have a friend uh, 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 who I, um, one of my business partners lives in uh, Charleston, and she, uh, she was telling me they they barely have migrants uh, in that city. So they're they're clearly targeting certain cities, uh, claiming that the migrants want to come here, so they're paying their way. So I, I think if you would have done that early on, if you would have dug in and done that early on, uh, you could have reached an understanding. This would have been a much more manageable crisis. Would you uh, consider um, you know, legal I, action against the governor of Texas for human trafficking? Well, you know, I certainly would have explored that. I'm sure people would have taken legal action against me sending the buses back. But you simply have to draw the line, you know, because this is, look, um, in 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 uh, Johnson's budget this year, there was $26 million in new money spent on programs for the south and west sides. You know, the so-called uh, uh, treatment but trauma uh, uh, initiative consists of opening, reopening, what, two Coles Mental Health Centers? And meanwhile, the state and the city combined alone, uh, by, the end of, uh, by the end of this year, will have spent, what, six, $700 million in migrants? I mean, just think about what that money could do for redeveloping and revitalizing the south and west sides. And I'm not trying to play, you know, I'm not trying to be divisive. I'm just trying to be practical. The second thing that I would have done is I would have issued work permits. Uh, I would have used my home rule authority to issue work permits or to give people vendor permits, done the background check and the screening, giving them temporary work and vendor permits so individuals could basically become self-sufficient and be out there working. All right, Paul. Uh, rather than 
Paul, I'm jumping in there because we have to go to news here in a second. So I have one more quick question for you. Quick answer, please. Uh, I see signs now in windows of restaurants uh, on the north side of Chicago uh, geared toward migrants, clearly. They're only in Spanish, and they some even have said, are you new here? They're, they're geared to the migrants who want to work. They mm-hmm. have available openings. Yes or no, can they apply to these restaurants that are seeking them as employees? They are seeking work. Well, you know, they should be able to apply. I think the city's position is they have to get their federal designation or their federal status. So they've been trying to get the uh, uh, Biden administration to expedite. What I'm saying that the mayor should do is the mayor, they should set up a temporary work permit uh, uh, process and a temporary vendors process to allow these people to go to work and to let employees know that they can hire these people and there are not going to be they're not going to be penalized. They're not going to be consequences. So what I'm saying is the city should give them temporary work permits. And if they want to start their own little business or, you know, there's been a lot of migrants who have set up their own little shops and, you know, they're from cutting hair to doing, doing a number of things. Uh, and, and in some cases they've been ticketed for doing that. Yes. You know, I would give temporary vendor permits. So the city can do that right now. I'm told, I'm, I'm told sure the city the has not doing I'm told the city has begun to do We've got to go here. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. We could talk forever. I'm told the city has begun to do that, actually, Paul. And uh, it's been slow, but the city has begun to do that. Thank you very much, as always, for jumping That's on with us. Will you do me one quick favor? Yeah, sure. Have a good New Year. Uh, you too. Thank okay. you. And thanks for the surprise call this morning.